Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Monica, I don't care, but I am not that bored enough to start a sourdough starter. (laughs) But you can give it a name. That's the hot thing now. You can name your sourdough starter. Is that what people are doing? They're naming their sourdough starter? Okay. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not into that. As we said last week, I'm not into the Dalgona coffee. I am not into these trends. You're not making me and forcing me to do any of this stuff. I was going to make you Dalgona coffee today. (laughs) You were. You were. (laughs) But then somebody hit my car. (laughs) It's the worst. Not even driving. It's just parked there. Somebody hit it. I know. (laughs) The worst part is that I was on the other side. Right. (laughs) The woman was waving at me because I pulled over to the side to let her through. And apparently she still didn't have, a, it was plenty of space. And she still decided to, to, <laughs> I'm just in my car. She's still she, in my car. She still decided to hug the right side of the road and clip your mirror. I don't get it. So ridiculous. Oh my goodness. But she was wearing a mask. So she was, I was wearing a mask too. Also. Yes. And gloves. <laughs> And we practiced social distancing. I was not getting anywhere near six feet of you and your family. (laughs) No, I'm not taking any chances. Not taking any chances now. Mm -hmm. Especially now we're supposed to hit the the apex of, you know, one week. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm watching all this news. I don't know if people watch it because it causes a lot of stress and anxiety for some people. But does it just pain Donald Trump? to have these doctors mention the state of Washington, like how good we're doing. <laughs> he actually gave a backhanded compliment today. So that was good for him. He just said that Governor Ensley did the right thing by sending some yeah. uh, ventilators um, to the East Coast. Washington State is doing a great job. We love it. <laughs> but they're close to China. They're close to China. No, it's you know? China. China. <laughs> It's China. Why does he enunciate it like that? It's so bad. I'm just China. like, it's China. I don't know. It's a very large country. If you know this COVID, it's a big thing. It's called COVID. Like what? what? <laughs> he is the worst Captain Obvious in the world. Okay. Enough of my soapboxes. I don't know. I just, I think every night is just like, uh, I have to tell Governor Inslee he did a good job. You know, I'll make Mike Pence do it. just uh (laughs) but hey seattle we're doing it we're i mean not quite flattening the curve but it's going in the right direction Mm -hmm. yeah a lot better than a lot of the other states that i'm looking at so yeah we're doing a great job lots of home cooking for me how about you monica uh yeah you know doing some home cooking but i'm sort of getting backed up and you know eating out every day you know it's it's a lot of food so we're having to roll over leftovers every day but we'll talk more about that later Let's table that discussion for later on the show. But I have another question to ask you before we start. My car's okay. Thanks for asking. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> that was my 1B question. My 1A <laughs> question is living at home for essentially three weeks with your family. Mm-hmm. What are some expectations and some realities that just kind of like, oh, well, I was hoping I would do this, but instead I'm doing this now. Anything like that for you? 
Um, you know, it's, you know, my son and I are actually very alike. So it's live and let live in the house. And so we don't really interact much during the day. And so that's good. But yeah, in reality, I thought that we would have shared cooking duties. But strangely, since working from home, I'm doing most of the cooking for dinners. And I think that that's, it's like a blur between, you know, work and personal where it's just like, okay, works over, shut my laptop down and then go straight to the kitchen. So that space is sort of gone. You know, I think like feeling guilty about, you know, things that you could be doing like, yeah, I don't have to cook dinner. I could go sit on the couch, but then like it's an hour and a half till my husband comes home. So it's just like, then I feel bad that I didn't cook because he went to work, but I'm just like, wait, I went to work too. (laughs) So, um, so, So that's sort of the reality. I didn't quite expect to be cooking as much as I am. I mean, I like to cook and explore new things, but I I thought that would be a little bit more balanced. So what about you? As much of an introvert that you and I are both are, I was actually excited to see you today. (laughs) Extremely excited. This is probably one of the highlights of the week because I actually got to see an actual person. I I do miss you. It's been a while, you know, so you're the first friend I've seen in, I don't know, three weeks. Totally. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's, this is our reality now. And the other thing I noticed, I don't watch as much TV as I thought I would be watching. A lot of people are even Larry David is just like, sit on the couch, binge all the TV you want. This is an awesome opportunity to watch the Tiger King or whatever it is. I have not gotten into that just like a sourdough starter. I'm not going to watch the Tiger mm-hmm. King. You know, it's like one episode and then I'm I'm good for the night and I, I'll end up doing some other activity. I, a lot of people are, oh, I'm binge watching this or I'm getting this series done. I'm, HBO's out. So my dad's watching Sopranos. You know, just Sopranos. He's watching a, a lot yes. of Sopranos. Yeah. But I, I, I noticed I'm not watching a lot of TV and just kind of mm-hmm. doing that. I'm doing a lot more activities, a lot more organi- organizing. Hmm. each week I'm tackling a room last week was the living room this week is my bedroom you know Mm -hmm. things are just getting through yeah but anyway that's what I noticed I definitely miss you too I mean I think the last time we both probably saw friends I'm pretty sure is when we were in Kirkland uh, at Wingdome and so that was a long it feels like a really long time ago (laughs) and yeah and so you're the only person that I've seen in person too and you know I thought about like I'm just like, maybe I'll bring out folding chairs and I'll put one over here. I'll put one over here. So it's like really clear, like not getting anywhere near each other, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but it was, it was, it was nice to see you. I mean, and even my son was mentioning that uh, he's also an introvert and doesn't dig on people a lot, but he was mentioning it would be nice to see his friends occasionally, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah. So it's starting to wear on everybody, but you're right. It's working. So he's got to be committed because if we're not committed, then it's just going to go on for longer. So good job, everybody. Good job, Nelson. (laughs) Yay us. (laughs) Yay us. All right. That being said, let's get, let's get onto the show. Welcome to the Seattle foodie podcast, everyone. This is episode 82. If you haven't been listening, welcome, welcome new listeners. I'm Nelson. I almost said I'm Monica. I'm Nelson. I'm, she's Monica and we are the Seattle foodie podcast. Monica, believe it or not, we do have some recaps. I did go out to get some things. We got some things sent to us and I just had a really lovely meal and we have an interview as well. I'll go ahead and start off. Okie doke. Take us away, Nelson. So as speaking of 
foodie friends and being able to see each other. Earlier this week, we both got to see all of our foodie friends online. Of course, online. We did not <laughs> we did not get together and do that. We practiced social distancing. Several of us all got together and we decorated cupcakes. Trophy Cupcakes has a cupcake decorating kit that was delivered to all of us, and we each got to decorate a dozen. The best part is that they deliver all over the greater Seattle area, Monica. So they delivered to you out in mm -hmm. the northern part of Seattle. They delivered all the way out to Issaquah for me and the east side. It was exciting to see the Trophy Cupcake truck stop by <laughs> for me. And I read they also deliver as far out as Burien, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now that's that's it's a wide range. That's a mm -hmm. very wide range. So make sure you get your cupcakes delivered, guys. Currently, Trophy Cupcakes also has a Pay It Forward campaign that they're doing. So while you're purchasing cupcakes for yourself, get some poop emoji cupcakes and some toilet paper cupcakes. <laughs> they have that. I saw that on the website. You can also purchase cupcakes to support healthcare workers and first responders too. So if you buy some cupcakes, buy some cupcakes for them and they'll send it to them. Yeah, that was a really fun night. So thanks, uh, Annie's Food, for arranging that. And so nice to see everybody's face. Really nice to see just a high level of quality on the cupcake decorating front. So good job, Nelson. <laughs> I only decorated two. No. <laughs> well, you also decor you decorated your face. <laughs> I did. Did decorate my face. It was a mess. I had frosting all over my face. No. <laughs> but it was it was a great time. Story of my life. Step four managed to decorate all twelve. <laughs> the time. I only got two done, but this is me. It, it takes a while for me to do anything. Just like taking exams in college or taking pictures when you're with me, I'm always the slowest one. I only got two done, but the benefit of that is that I managed to drive to the other side of Issaquah and deliver them to my nieces and they got mm -hmm. to do it at night for kids decorating. And it probably relieved my brother and my sister-in-law too, because they're probably running out of, out of activities to do for the kids. Mm -hmm. That was a great nighttime activity. It's yeah. a great activity for kids, I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. And a dozen cupcakes, you guys, mm -hmm. that is a lot. It's a lot of cupcakes. Oh, yeah. We ate them all by day two. So, and that's just three people. So, they were gone. <laughs> oh, and Nelson. Uh, yeah. Poop emoji and toilet paper cupcakes. Um, I haven't seen those, but I apologize. Um, I don't know. I didn't show you any hospitality when you came to my house. I did not offer you a roll of toilet paper. So, my apologies. Oh, don't worry. I have plenty. You don't need to give me toilet paper. <laughs> I do appreciate the lettuce, though. I am out of vegetables, so I do appreciate the lettuce that you gave me. What was funny about that is you seem literally shocked that I had vegetables. <laughs> because you say you never eat vegetables, Monica. Like so vegetables. I was like, I know she doesn't have Brussels sprouts, but maybe she has lettuce. And she's like, oh, I have lettuce. I'm like, oh, you do. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I have lettuce. Uh, yeah, well, that's a long story, but you know, it doesn't often get eaten, but you know, we have it. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. I'll go next. Yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Tijuana tacos. So Nelson, you know how much I am missing street food with all the markets being shut down. So Tijuana Tacos is a regular at Fremont Sunday Market, and I've been seeing, I've known them for almost just about a year, um, and they're serving up street food for pickup at their West Seattle window or on delivery platforms. So in the very near future, uh, they're hoping to add some new pre-order entrees based on owner Monica Rodriguez's uh, family recipes. 
So earlier today, you and I got to try two of them and pretty unique. I mean, I haven't really, well, we'll talk about them one by one. The first is the conchinita pibil, and that's a traditional dish that's served in a banana leaf pouch. And what I love about using banana leaf pouches, because we use them in Hawaii, is that it really uh, keeps things moist and it's easy to travel too. So it's like you're you're opening a little present and you don't know what's in it. And it's, it's pork served with rice, black beans, pickled onions, and plantains, huge fan of plantains, and or- organic blue corn tortillas. And so I really like that one. I think mixing everything up and they also had a habanero hot sauce that was spicy. So I really like that one. The second dish is a Durango style pasilla chili reannual in a guajillo sauce with Hawaiian cheese. And I'm butchering all of it. So Nelson, here's your chance to laugh at me. And it's also (laughs) served with rice and black beans. So Monica was telling me about how her mom used to make these dishes and she was excited to share it. And I definitely miss seeing them every week because I absolutely do see them every week, uh, usually when Fremont is open. And give them a follow. Uh, it's Tijuana Tacos on their Instagram, and they'll give you updates on their daily service. So again, you can pick up from their window in West Seattle, or they, they do delivery by some of the apps. And on the weekends, Nelson, I know you saw this when I posted it. They are serving my new crust, which is the chorizo burrito on Saturday and Sundays. Oh yeah. I saw that and I was like, Oh, I'm craving it, craving it right now. So good. Let's go back and talk about those dishes. The cochinita pibil, that pork was really, really moist. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I drove 30 minutes back to Issaquah to, to eat it. And it was really, really delicious. I really enjoyed the rice that was underneath it Mm -hmm. too, because the, the juices kind of just soaked underneath it and it just yeah. made for a delicious bite. The chili relleno. I love that. <laughs> Great job at enunciating it because I probably would have done just as worse. So, <laughs> and... <laughs> Oh, I, you know, any meal where we're using the words juicy and moist has got to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it because it was stuffed with, as I've taken a bite, there's cheese inside it. Right. So as you, take the bite it's really really nice and soft Mm -hmm. and that red sauce i mean there's so much of the red sauce in there it was very delicious and the habanero salsa yeah they came with the cochinita pibil it was spicy i had to drink at least one (laughs) of my gatorade filled waters 132 (laughs) ounces of water just to like numb my tongue down it was very very spicy so yeah um, just be warned you've been warned guys Absolutely. And but you know, I like habaneros generally because it's a different flavor profile. I mean, I think jalapenos or as we call them here, jalapenos, um, they're really <laughs> overrated. And I really like when people use different kinds of peppers. And so habanero is something that I really like, especially when it's mixed with like fruits like mango. It's fantastic. Mm. Do you eat jalapenos at the Galapagos Islands? I'm just wondering. <laughs> You need permission to go to the Galapagos Islands. I haven't been granted permission. Did you think just because I'm from an island, they just let all island people on? Oh my gosh. When this is all said and done, and the next taco food truck I go to, I'm going to go, can I get extra jalapenos? I'm going to see what they're going to say. Okay. So Nelson, when you came by today, you actually brought me some beer. And so why don't you tell us about some of the beer that you've had? 
Yeah, so speaking of delivery, me delivering beer to you, another spot that's delivering to the east side is Elysian Brewing, and they are delivering via the Toast Tap. If you're low on beer at home, Elysian Brewing has your back, guys. Also, for every case you purchase, this is the cool part, $5 gets donated to the Seattle Hospitality Emergency Fund. So there's more incentive to replenish your stock. In addition to beer, you can also order food. Monica, this past week I was craving a burger, so I got the half pound Capitol Hill burger. It comes in a half pound or a quarter pound. I was so hungry I got the half pound. It is two thick double patties. And I also got some pretzels because if I'm going to drink beer, I'm going to need pretzels. Oh, yeah. I got his beer for both of us. They have the men's room gold, which is new to me because I've always had the men's room red. Mm-hmm. And then we also get, I also got you the Huckleberry Berliner Weiss mm-hmm. because I like fruity drinks. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to make you drink fruity drinks too, Monica. <laughs> I'll take fruity drinks over stouts any day. Uh, but no, it was really refreshing. And uh, thank you, Nelson. Those are really thoughtful of you. So I appreciate it. You know what I really appreciate? I appreciate Elysian Brewing coming out to the east side. And there's now a lot of other restaurants and businesses coming out to the east side as well. We're just not ignored now. So we are people too, everybody. East siders are people too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Next thing you'll be telling me you live in Seattle or you're a Seattle foodie. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) I haven't had the Huckleberry Berliner Weiss yet, but I did have I've already drank two of the men's room gold on separate days, guys, on separate days. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I really liked it. It's very crisp. It's a nice lager. I like the lighter beers. As if everybody knows, I'm always on the opposite side of the spectrums. I like the light beers. That's why I like the fruity beers that are on one side. And then I like the stouts too. Mm-hmm. I did pick up their coffee stout, which they had as well. So I got, I got a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got enough beer probably for the next two months, guys, just to let you know. <laughs> and I don't drink, I don't drink a lot of beer. Just, yeah. Well, I have enough beer for the next week. So again, appreciate you, Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> But no, the food was actually exceptional, Monica. I really love the pretzels. They're nice and soft. I don't know why. I'm a soft pretzel person. What are you? I'm I'm not a fan of hard pretzels. I'm just not a fan. I don't like hard pretzels. In fact, I get very angry when someone says they have a soft pretzel, but it's not. And, And so that's one of the reasons I hardly ever order them anywhere. I like my pretzels to be soft. But I hear you like to wear yours in a necklace. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do. I sure do. Okay. I still haven't done that, but I guess maybe one day. (laughs) Maybe one day. My next beer festival. Our next beer festival. The next beer festival we go to, I will wear a pretzel necklace. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, Monica. Well, that's basically three recaps. We did do some eating, so that's great. Now, the next thing we want to talk about is a, a kind of a note to Seattle restaurants. Why don't you go ahead and start that off for us? For sure. So, you know, we just want to take a moment to thank businesses for donating some of their scarce resources uh, to provide some smiles to healthcare workers and first responders. And, you know, in addition to that, many businesses are now providing options for all of you, our listeners, to donate, and they'll deliver to the healthcare workers and first responders. And so we know there are so many out there, it's really hard to track it down, but you can catch some of those usually on the podcast stories. Yeah, Nelson, it's just, you know, it's it's, it's a hard time for everyone 
everybody. And I remember the first time I started seeing food businesses come out and they were actually like breaking off pieces of their profits to feed first responders and healthcare workers. And so a lot of people have been doing that, but also giving consumers the opportunity to, for us to give our own money um, because all of us are trying to make some hard decisions about uh, where to donate and how to spread it around. So that's, that's pretty great. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a really great cause. And even all these businesses, these small businesses, they're not seeing anybody. There's not, they're not seeing the whole bunch of traffic or people sitting down. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're, they're taking a hit and they're still willing to help feed the front line and feed all of our first responders and all of our essential workers. It's, I think it's just great thing that they're doing. And Mm -hmm. we just want to bring some light to them and just say, thank you. When everybody's reopened again, I want you to just kind of put that thought in your mind is like, oh yeah, those guys really helped out. I want to go and eat there. I want to go eat there because they were able to, while everybody was at home, they were cooking for everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, we've been talking about a different topic pretty much every week um, in regard to COVID. And I just want to call out, like right now we're talking about businesses like feeding and, you know, giving snacks and things to healthcare workers and first responders. But I also want to call attention to like, we should be paying attention to the work conditions of those healthcare workers. And so keep your eyes out on social media for if there are opportunities for you to support healthcare workers with decent hours and breaks and wages and all that kind of stuff. So just keep an eye out because they're out there working really long shifts keeping us safe and we're staying at home and hopefully it's all making a difference but again there it's it's hard out there and we Nelson you and I have friends who are healthcare workers and so we are also hearing this yep Absolutely. Again, you know, as I mentioned, you know, we've been highlighting some of these businesses on the podcast stories and some on our personal stories as well, on our personal accounts. But here are just a couple. Uh, Nelson already talked about Trophy Cupcakes and they have a pay it forward program as well where you can, you know, order cupcakes for folks. Um, I saw that Dick's Drive-In has like a special box that you can order burgers for folks. Uh, Maven Meals has been uh, packing meals for healthcare workers and a food truck, Mommy Tran. And I don't know if you've been there, Nelson, but I've been there before. I like them a lot. Um, They've also been doing regular deliveries to hospitals. Suge Soda Fountain has a pay it forward program as well that they've been advertising and Macadons. Um, I think the first the first shipment of macarons that Macadons did, they actually paid for and they were just doing it and only, you know, told people when they were doing it. And from there, people wanted to donate. So now there's this program where, you know, you can donate money by Venmo and then they'll spread them out among healthcare workers. So that was interesting how that sort of evolved. They're very cute. They're Hello Kitty macarons. I know. I didn't get a Hello Kitty macaron. <laughs> that's okay. It's the healthcare workers deserve them. But someday Michael will make me a Hello Kitty macaron. Michael. <laughs> Talking to you, Michael. <laughs> You're talking as if anybody's listening to our podcast, Monica. I know, right? Sure. Michael, you were by my house today. I saw no Hello Kitty macarons, and now I have to come to Tuckwilla on Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can say whatever we want. Nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Now, Monica, I know that you listed some businesses and I'm sure we missed a lot of other businesses that are donating, but these are just a few and 
there's probably 50 or 100 more other businesses that are doing it. So let us know. Send us a DM and let us know what other small businesses and restaurants are donating their time and their their food to them. I know Jade Garden has donated some mm-hmm. and, uh, and other businesses around Chinatown, the International District, done that. Our friends of the podcast, Gormando, donated meals too as well. I saw a story of them making meals in their kitchen. So they're doing that too as well. So lots of people are helping out right now. And I love it. I just feel the love around there. For sure. And and guys, just so you know, I mean, since COVID hit, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think Nelson's private account is probably much like mine and the podcast. We're actually, the volume of direct messages that, that we get has just exponentially gone up. So it's really hard to keep on top of it with our day jobs and with the podcast and everything. So if we haven't gotten back to you or if we missed you, many, many apologies. But it, it's been a lot where folks are asking for help. Awesome. All right, Monica. Well, let's move on to our last segment before our interview. This is a weekly segment, I've just noticed, because we've been doing this for the past three weeks. (laughs) It's what are we eating? I don't know. Well, we're going to have to workshop that, but maybe that's... (laughs) I just think it's a good segment that we can just recap everything that we've eaten at home because we've been making stuff. We've been getting delivery. You've been getting a lot of delivery and pickup. And I've been out and about too a little bit, just once or twice this week. So Mm -hmm. this week for me, I was craving Bon Mies. So no surprise. Of course I wanted a sandwich guys. I'm I'm craving sandwiches right now. (laughs) So I headed out to Tammy's bakery on Martin Luther King Jr. Way to stock up, I grabbed three banh mi's, a Doc Biet combo, which is the, basically their all deli meat combo, the grilled pork, and I got a meatball. These are like my three staples, Monica. Mm. I'm always getting one of these three. I'm telling you right now, those banh mi's, they did not last long. I got mm. them on Friday. I, I'm done by Saturday night. <laughs> so I ate all three so of them. So good. So good. So are you, <laughs> are you craving sandwiches because you're out of all your friends' bread? Yes. I could <laughs> run out of friends' bread. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Called it. <laughs> what yeah, else have you been right. eating? I've been doing a lot of recipes. I've I've been trying some new recipes. I made a homemade chasu, which is their barbecue pork. It's a lot easier to make than I thought. I mean, it was really good. I used a recipe my dad discovered. I just kind of replicated it that way. Mm-hmm. I also made some Korean marinated chicken wings. And I've been trying to figure out for the longest time, Monica, how to make crispy fried chicken in the air fryer. <laughs> Every time I've done chicken wings, it's always been like a saucy wing. And I've never learned like, how do I make fried chicken? My friend's like, oh yeah, my friend did it in their air fryer. They'd made fried chicken. I was like, how do you do it? There's no oil. Like you don't oil to make the fried chicken. So I found a recipe on YouTube and made Taiwanese salt and pepper chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. Kind of a play on this popcorn chicken that most people usually have that you can find in Taiwanese restaurants and like at Oasis, etc. Mm-hmm. The video, however, in YouTube was in Chinese. So it probably <laughs> isn't a good idea for me to share the link. Luckily, I understood it because I do speak <laughs> Chinese. So, hey. And then this weekend, I made shrimp and barbecue pork chow mein is surprisingly also easy to make and monica i used the abio kitchen pan because i needed a non-stick pan and it was so good it worked so well for me with that abio kitchen pan <laughs> what kind of pan was it <laughs> name dropper the sauce pan the sauce pan from abio kitchen okay abio kitchen the pans that don't have lids abio kitchen 
<laughs> well, remember, they have Liz. We just don't have them. <laughs> Apparently, they do have Liz. We just don't have them. <laughs> no, I saw you cooking. Good job, Nelson. So proud of you. And I could have told you, like, I didn't know you wanted crunchy wings. You were just, you're making naked wings. And when you make them naked and with sauce on it, uh, they're not like fried chicken. <laughs> I could have told you how to fix that and I don't even own an air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> but oh well, no. Getting out there and doing doing it, Nelson. Doing yeah. it. You're gonna be an expert by the time quarantine is over. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm I'm trying to cook a little bit more. I've I'm looking at my fridge and I was like, what do I have that I can make? What kind of ingredients? And for me, because I'm such an analytical person myself, if you don't know me. When I look at a recipe, I have to follow the recipe to a T. For me, improvisation is not my thing. Mm. <laughs> it's it's A to Z, black and white type of thing. So so when I'm looking through, I'm just like, okay, I have this. I have cabbage. I can do this. I can put together that. I'm trying to do that a little bit more to kind of exercise my creative side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Nelson, getting creative with the cooking. Good job, Nelson. <laughs> All right, Monica. So what have you been eating? Because you've been doing a lot of pickup and you've been promoting a lot of businesses. So tell, tell yeah. us about that. Yeah. Again, you know, I mean, I, I, I know it's hard because like we, we should be cooking at home as well because we know, you know, um, we have a little bit of time. It's a great time to expand skills. So I'm just balancing the cooking with the takeout and delivery. Um, like I was saying earlier, I definitely have a lot of leftovers and we're, you know, <laughs> rolling it over day by day because often I shouldn't be ordering every day, but I am because I think that, um, again, like I'm so grateful to have a job and to have a paycheck. And so I just want to spread it around. So for takeout and delivery, uh, let's see, we ate at Fa Tic Tac, Seattle Pops, Siam Bistro and Susu Dessert Bar. So Fa Tic Tac, it's, it's a family favorite that we can always agree on. So it, definitely like my son loves their pho. Um, and so last time we ordered there, I had pho, some egg rolls, and they make this lemongrass beef appetizers where they put the the beef on the lemongrass. And so I love that when it gets infused with that flavor. And guys, in case you missed it, Seattle Pops is back at it with popsicle deliveries. Oops, pop deliveries. Sorry, not popsicles, pops. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who didn't follow them before they had a storefront, uh, you could get pops delivered to your house. And so that's how we did it, because back in the day, they needed a way to get pops to people. And that was it. You would get deliveries once a month. So I got some. And guys, so you can order them. But pro tip, you can order toppings, too. So, you know, hashtag you're welcome. So as we decorated our own cupcakes last week, you can also decorate the perfect amount of chocolate or sprinkles on your pops and so that's kind of fun um, because one of one of my creations Nelson you might not know this is one of my creations was the guava dipped in white chocolate with toasted coconut and after I posted that on my Instagram way back in the day that became one of the top sellers so that's why guava's on the menu all the time they should call it the Monica <laughs> the Monica <laughs> that would just be weird <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so uh, listen, my family also had food from Siam Bistro. And I have to say the quality isn't as good as we remember. But again, we're happy to be supporting one of our neighborhood restaurants to help out. And the big news, Nelson, we've been waiting so long for this. And of course, it happens during stay at home. But Susu Dessert <laughs> Bar opened in the Louisa building in Chinatown on Friday. 
So, oh my gosh, I was going to head over there, but thank goodness my brother and his girlfriend, so Taylor and Kayla, they live kind of close by, just minutes away. So they went over, they grabbed a few things for me to try, and I had their macarons, uh, financier, and I've been saving the cheesecake for dessert today, so I cannot wait till you and I can visit Susu for real, because I hear some of their beverages sound really interesting, so... Um, yeah, so guys, if you go there, just be a little bit patient because they used to open Friday. And let me just tell you, like opening any storefront right now in the middle of this is really hard. So I know uh, they have been selling out, but it's it's hard for any business to know how much product to make with the stay at home order. So, you know, just FYI, be patient with them. This is awesome, Monica. I mean, I did not know that Susu opened until I saw your stories <laughs> and I saw pictures of certain desserts that were not rolled ice cream. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, what? They're, they're open now? I didn't know that. And I asked you today when I was picking up food, I was like, oh, yeah. And, and you told me, it's like, yeah, they're open. So congratulations, Katie and Fi. It's awesome. I think it's so great. Like you said, I can't wait to go and visit there. Maybe I'll make a run down to International District. Maybe I'll grab something, but yeah, yeah, I can't wait. That is so awesome. That's breaking news to me. <laughs> yes. Um, so if you go, Nelson, they open at 11 a.m. And so I'd recommend getting there early. Or if you just want a guaranteed order, guys, you can order online, but online it's kind of a big order. So it's like a dozen Queen Amon. And let me just say, I love Queen Amon, but ain't nobody need that much butter on their butts right now. No. So no, they don't. I don't, I don't, no, really, they I don't, don't recommend don't. it, guys. So, you know, the best way to get their daily selection is to be there when they open at 11. And no, I, I, I know a lot of people didn't know about it, Nelson. You might have heard of this term. I'm called an influencer. <laughs> oh. Nobody's listening. <laughs> That's fine. You can you can call yourself an influencer. I don't want to be labeled that. Not Okay, so um, I've been I've been cooking too, but I'd say the the one thing that my family likes me to make every week now, so I've been I make it once a week, and I don't think I've highlighted it before. It's a Korean style ground beef, and then I dice potatoes, uh, and I cook up the potatoes really crisp, so it has a little texture to it, and then I mix it all together. And you can eat this with rice, with mashed potatoes, or you can even use it as like taco filling or quesadilla filling. So um, it's hugely popular in my house. I have to make two pounds of it at a time so that's what i've been cooking nice lots of food that's awesome monica we've been you know it's just because we're stuck at home isn't going to keep us from eating so yeah just quarantine 15 not quarantine 50 that's right. that's all i'm just saying right yeah it's right. okay for sure for sure <laughs> okay hmm. all right monica we do have an interview today so why don't you tell us about it yes Today's interview is with Suji Park of Suji's Korean Cuisine on IG, and they're known as at Suji's Korean. Nelson and I have tried their products, which you can find at a Costco near you or in other stores, which Suji tells us about in her interview. Here's our interview with Suji. Hey, everybody. We're here today with Suji Park founder and chief inspiration officer of Suji's Korean Cuisine. You might have seen their products at Costco or in the feeds of many Instagrammers recently. Welcome to the show, Suji. Thank you. So tell us about your product line and how it all got started. Well, usually it takes about two days you know, to cover the whole story. Oh. <laughs> 
Well, we have a little less time and, and than a bottle of scotch. And a bottle of scotch. Well, you know, I just got a bottle of whiskey today, but okay. I didn't bring it. You should have told me. Um, All right. So uh, make it short. I started uh, in Korea when I was about 15 years ago. I am from Korea. Was born and raised in Seoul, but moved to New York and lived in New York City for 10 years. And I went back to Seoul, and I uh, wanted to start my own business. But the food just sounded, you know, just perfect for me because I love people, and the really good food brings um, you know, people together. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you're from, your backgrounds, age, educations, religions. There's a good food. You're having good time, right? And uh, so to me, that was easy. So I wanted to bring American food culture to Asia. So I was uh, about to open up my first restaurant, opening you know, the brunch restaurant in Seoul. And I was shopping at Costco, Korea. And the, you know, the, all these aisles, I was walking around. You know, I think all the restaurateurs know that you know, we want to know what cost, you know, the old ingredients, how much it cost. Mm-hmm. And, and Costco was perfect. Then I found this uh, bottle of uh, Frappuccino. From Starbucks, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And now it's all like people take it for granted. No, but, but it was a know? game changer back then. Exactly. There wasn't anything like that. You're Absolutely. just like, wait a minute, yeah. they bottled what they make in their store? Exactly. And I can yeah. go buy it somewhere? It's a coffee shop, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So, wow, <laughs> coffee shops have now bottled food and yeah. bottled drinks. So I said, well, that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to open up on my first re- I'm going to open up my first restaurant and brand it and sell at Costco. Amazing. So that was so, so uh, that was like a part of your business line from the very beginning to sell it. Sixteen years ago, and that wow. was that was just my thought. This <laughs> is what I'm going to do. And a year after, I opened my first restaurant that actually led to ten restaurants in you know the time of 10, 12 years. Five years after you know that I had the thought, I started selling my products with you know my my our brand on yeah. it from uh, Costco Korea, Japan, UK, US, China. We just launched 80th products uh, for Costco mm-hmm. International. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was it easy to sort of make that connection with Costco? I mean, I, I'm not familiar with that side of it, but like you had an idea mm-hmm. and like, how did that happen? Making a, any connection with Costco is not easy mm-hmm. because uh, they uh, also carry very small or limited uh, you know, the products. However, with my connection from the restaurant in Japan, mm-hmm. Uh, it was, uh, I, had a, I had a chance to meet with Costco uh, Japan executives because they were one of our, you know, the uh, regular customers. Mm-hmm. Making that connection and when I had a Costco connection in my, you know, the network, is I, you know, that thought I had, you know, back then it was years ago and was like, you know what, that is my goal. I don't like to use dreams so much because dreams, you know, you wake up, yeah. right? Goals, you try to make it. Yeah, right. I like that. So again, so I had the thought of you know selling our branded products at Costco, and when I made the Costco connections, you know, I just went through it. Yeah. And uh, I got uh, introduction to uh, the Costco Korea buyers, and when I met with them, they basically asked me, "Hey, Suji, you know, you guys are making pastrami's and all this American deli meats. Mm-hmm. Can you develop the products for us?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Sure, you know, <laughs> I will, of course." And uh, it took me three years to basically, you know, develop products for or any products for. I mean, forget about like a Costco being you know, one of the, you know, the largest retailers in the world, but uh, any products are different mm-hmm. from the you know the, the menu that we're developing at the restaurants. Yeah. Right. So often restaurateurs or the people think that it's just easy to 
you know, packaged products, mm. but it's not, especially <laughs> meats, right? Yeah. So I spent myself three years, you know, uh, developing R&D, developing meat products, and finally we launched our first product, which was American-style, New York-style pastrami mm -hmm. for Costco, mm -hmm. Costco Korea. And also, they, uh, you know, it cost me uh, for me to become uh, pescatarians because oh. I couldn't eat meat, you <laughs> yeah. know, after three years of, uh, you know, the smelling blood. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. But then I started, you know, uh, eating meats again when I moved to Nebraska. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. No, I think what you mentioned is really striking to me when I tried out some of your products, and we'll get into describing some of those. You know, it's one thing to go into a restaurant or a cafe and to get, you know, like a steak sandwich or some, something cooked, right? But then how do you modify that so that the experience that people are getting at home is the same? It's, it's just not the same techniques, right? So I appreciate you saying that. Um, and that's one of the things when I was tasting your food, I'm like, I don't know how she did this. Um, like this, this udon is really good. Um, so speaking of udon, so, so let's talk about some of your main product lines so people know like what you make and what they can find at Costco. Um, so what are those? So we have a variety of uh, products, uh, you know, unlike uh, growing any other small growing companies or you know, the brand, small branded companies. We were basically born with Costco's demands of uh, you know, developing many products uh, for rotational purposes, right? So aside from Costco, is there any place else that people can like, go and purchase your products? So uh, Safeway, although Safeway we have uh, branded products mm -hmm. under Suji's, mm -hmm and uh, uh, also a uh, private brand. Okay, yeah. It's on the Safeway's own mm -hmm. brands. Uh, so when you see like Korean chapche and the bulgogi, yeah. and those are all ours. Yeah, yeah. And QFC, mm -hmm. so the all uh, Kroger brands, mm -hmm. uh, retailers, they're gonna carry our own branded product from six to 10 items uh, starting from this July. That's really exciting. I mean, I, I work with a lot of like street food vendors and immigrant businesses that are just starting up their literally micro businesses. Trying to get a foothold in any retailer is really, really difficult. And just to hear that it's that accessible for us wanting to purchase it is really amazing. So great job. Thank you. Thank you. However, it's, uh, I would say it's more uh, difficult to implement or actually deliver products. Yeah to uh, larger accounts mm -hmm. than getting in there. Yeah. Yes, because it just takes uh, it's a whole different level of uh, operations mm -hmm. and uh, you know, the productions mm -hmm. and inventories and things like that. Yeah. So that's why our business has been really also rough as well, you know, uh, or I mean, we're having businesses never, you know, like 100% easy, right? Yeah. But because the scale of the business, you know, we're a small company, we started with Costco, mm -hmm. Kroger, Albertsons, we're with Walmart and Target before. Um, so wow. that's just uh, uh, the, the large scale makes uh, you know, sometimes scary. Of course, of course. So you've already talked a little bit about being a company that grows. So thinking about the future, like the next year, what are you hoping for in terms of new ingredients, new concepts? Like where, where do you want to take Suji's? It's, um, I think it's just a market already, you know, it says uh, the, the answer. It's definitely uh, meatless uh, meat products. Mm -hmm. When we look at Korean cuisine, I mean, we wanted to try everything. You know, yeah. we talked about the udong, and yeah. that's actually our second brand. It's called yatai. Yeah. Uh, for yatai means in Japanese, of course, the food stalls. Mm -hmm. You know, for our Asian street food brand, uh, but Suji's brand is uh, a clean label, and uh, we have about ninety percent Korean uh, authentic flavors but uh, has a, uh, uh, the, we also twist a little bit or upgrade uh, the quality of the food 
you know, or the spiciness of the food, change that to you know fit into the the mainstream U.S. Mm-hmm. market. Yeah. Right. Again, you know, we tried a lot of different food, uh, different types of food in Korean food, but the market, the U.S. mainstream market, is ready for real Korean barbecue. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are three menus or three dishes that people recognize when you, you know, uh, talk about Korean cuisine. One is Korean barbecue, bibimbap, kimchi. Yes. Right. But even among those three, you know, the barbecue is the, you know, is the mm-hmm. one. So we uh, developed, uh, we started developing and focusing on more on this barbecue line. Mm-hmm. But then when you see the market, you know, 25% of the U.S. populations, you know, they're starting eating, you know, the, the plant-based or yeah. slash meatless mm-hmm. meat, right? For the mostly for the environment mm-hmm. reasons, right? So definitely, we're very excited to uh, you know work on that field. Yeah, we already have uh, technologies we got from Europe to make the muscle meats. You mm-hmm. know, because Asian meats or Korean barbecue is a muscle meat. Mm-hmm. You know, compared to burgers or yeah. hot dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Sausages, right? <laughs> yeah. So we already got the technologies to uh, build the, the product line, which all of us is so excited. But it has to be authentic flavors. Yeah. So, you know, from years of experience of bringing, you know, the cross-cultural, I don't think I mentioned this, so we do cross-cultural product developments. We're bringing Western food for Asian market mm-hmm. and bringing Asian mm-hmm. food to U.S. market, mm-hmm. right? But the key is the, you know, the flavors has to be, you know, authentic. And yet, uh, you know, sometimes, like I said, I, we have to tweak. For instance, mm-hmm. bulgogi in Korea, it's, a, it's literally like, you know, I mean, it looks like a straight meat. Mm-hmm. You know, shaved meat, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't work in U.S. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so our bulgogi, you can see in safe uh, here in this area, it's actually steak kind of yeah. like, right? So those kind of uh, arrangements we mm-hmm. do. But absolutely, we're very excited about you know developing more authentic Korean you know the barbecue line. For we now have uh, two lines: kalbi, which is uh, frozen, comes in frozen. Uh, you know the raw marinated, mm-hmm. so the you know the customers they just have to grill it in two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas bulgogi is fully cooked, refrigerated. You know that you can just heat it up in the microwave mm-hmm. and make your tacos and rice bowls. Oh my right? goodness! Yeah. yeah. So our key is to uh, bring Korean food accessible mm-hmm. to mainstream American. You know, I want not only yours, but the you know my uh, uh, my friends, my neighbors. They've never been to Korea. You yeah. know. And uh, I want, you know, if they have uh, our bulgogi on their dinner table, making tacos for that, you know, Taco Tuesday night. Yeah. I'm successful. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. For sure. It's hard to get good Korean food in Seattle. I mean, most of us go to Federal Way or Edmonds, whichever side we live on. And so really appreciate, that would help me a lot as someone who works 10 to 12 hours a day and then does, you know, social media uh, the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. I have a family and we do cook meals. That, mm-hmm. That's a big thing, like cooking dinners, mm-hmm. um, even if I'm working that night. Mm-hmm. And so like having that time saver mm-hmm. is really important. And again, those authentic flavors, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because there's something that you need to do, like coming from Hawaii, I know how to marinate meats and we, we do all kinds of things to infuse flavor into the meats, but it takes time. And so mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. like a product like that is really helpful where it's like semi-homemade, right? You Absolutely. can You can make pieces of it and then right. add your, your products to well, it. Well, you know, if you look at the uh, statistics, uh, uh, you know, it, it, used, it used to be three hours for moms to cook mm-hmm. dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom used to get up yeah. at 5 a.m. Totally. to make breakfast for yeah. me, right? Now, it's 20 minutes. Yeah, can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> no one can spend more than 20 minutes, yeah. you know? So, you know, for it's, that's our goal, you mm-hmm. know, and that's our, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's our business to mm-hmm. make uh, a clean label, clean ingredients, yeah. right? To make good food. Mm-hmm. 
and then it's just like, and how much or, or how, uh, what is restaurant quality? That's debatable, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, sure. right? Because also the heating, you know, how you heat up your food makes a difference too. You know, mm -hmm. instead of the grilling, if you microwave, obviously it's going to be a little less than you know mm -hmm. the restaurant quality, right? Uh, but then the good food that makes it easy that you can experience, uh, you know, the Korean, the true Korean uh, flavors, mm -hmm. and that's what we're aiming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much. We're going to wrap it up. And how we want to wrap it up is uh, asking you some of your favorite places to eat in Seattle, like maybe three places. So I love uh, International District. Yeah. The food is authentic mm -hmm. and it's very clean. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm coming from New York, you know, yeah. New York City. <laughs> or any of, that the, a lot. Uh, any of the, uh, the, the Chinatown mm -hmm. uh, I've been to. Uh, this is so clean. Uh, uh, great food. So I like maneki a lot. Oh yeah, you know, living in Japan one. for eight yeah. years, I know uh, I appreciate and I know Japanese food. Mm -hmm. They're just food and uh, ambiance, and mm -hmm. everyone knows you're, you know, it's yeah. like cheers, right? Yes, yeah, like cheers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so that's by by far that's you know, one of my fa uh, yeah. favorite. And uh, the Ocean Star. Oh, I take everyone yeah. there. You yeah, know, any visitors. Uh, Guido. Yeah, Guido, <laughs> you know? right? Uh, the crabs uh, look like aliens. And it's, just, it's just a fun experience, yeah, right? it is, it is. And uh, I do like uh, Le Crochet, which is like just mine uh, down the street. I live in a, uh, a couple of blocks down, and mm -hmm. in my building, there's a restaurant called Le Crochet, yeah. uh, which is a French bistro. Yeah. That's where I, I just, I can go there every day mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just uh, finish my day there. Yeah, yes. for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and looking forward to seeing more, more of your products in the stores. Thank you so much. And that's our interview with Suji Park of Suji's Korean Cuisine. And Nelson, I had no idea that you could buy some of Suji's food in other stores like Safeway and they were just called something different. So they're under like the private selection brand. So that was news to me, but really good to know. Yeah. And <laughs> two interesting things for me. Number one, her business model was to get into Costco's, the international Costco's all over in Japan and Korea. So I, I thought that was a very savvy business idea and business tactic for me. And the other thing that really resonated was that she sets goals, not dreams, guys, because dreams, you wake up. That was so resounding for me. It was like, wow, this is, yes, set goals. Like you can shoot for dreams, but those dreams are, are high. Set the goals because right. dreams you can always wake up from. And so it's, it's yes, those two, it, I still think about that. Uh, absolutely. You know, I, I read about Suji before the interview, but like just being able to sit and have a conversation with her um, was amazing. Not just, you know, the food that I had, which I know you're jelly of Nelson, but um, <laughs> <laughs> things like that, because, you know, I mean, I think the same way is this. Yeah, I think that you can dream, but if you really want something to happen, then then turn it into something, execute it. You know, I mean, yeah. All right, Monica, that's pretty much our show for tonight. It's been fun. We're another another show down, 82 shows. This is amazing. For me, I think I have a lot of food in the freezer. So I think my goal is to not go to the grocery store this week. I don't know about okay. you. So I'm going to try to conjure up whatever is in, left in my fridge. I did pick up some soup from a friend. And I'm going to make try to make noodles out of that broth. She also gave me some boba too, some dried boba that I'm going to oh. try to make. So maybe hmm. we'll do that as well i've got some other things defrosting yep that's my goal my goal is to not go to the grocery store this week let's see if i can make it yeah i am a bit low on vegetables but i can make it work let's you should have told me you. i would have given you a bag of spinach <laughs> oh, <laughs> i have no. spinach in my house too <laughs>
that's the one thing I do have is I have not opened my bag of baby spinach yet. So yeah. uh, yes, but thank you though. And I, I do appreciate <laughs> that you're eating more greens than you're let on to be. So <laughs> come on. So Monica does sexy. eat some vegetables. I do. They're just not sexy. Potatoes. <laughs> potatoes are sexy. Spinach. No. Not so sexy. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're green. All right. No, this that's the whole part. It gives a lot of color. You got those peppers, the red and the green and the yellow. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's, it gives no. you a lot of color. No. Okay. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for listening this week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Stay home. Practice that social distancing. Everyone, be safe and happy eating Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at Seattle Foodie Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.